All right, all right, here we go. This is the NBA Bet Tank Pod for Friday, February the 24th. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined here by NBA betting expert Mackenzie Rivers. Uh, today, guys, we're going to go through the NBA Friday card. We thought about doing a dream podcast last night. We looked at the card, and Mackenzie and I said, you know what? There's simply just not enough wagers on this card that we like that we can even probably fill out a podcast right now for you guys. So we said, let's do a Bet Tank Pod. We're looking at like two or three wagers that we lean strongly to. And a couple that we actually like here. So, Mac, I'm not sure how you feel about this card today, but I'll tell you the one thing that worried me. Vacation legs. I heard that a lot yesterday in the games. And some of these teams, at least some of the teams I thought that were going to play half decent yesterday, uh, Orlando was one of them, uh, looked sluggish. A couple of the teams looked sluggish. The Warriors looked sluggish last night. Uh, Cavs looked sluggish last night. So, um, as I look through the card for today, I'm just like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to get from some of these teams. Are they going to come out, you know, pretty crappy? So that worried me. And, um, you know, I was looking at the Cavs. I was looking at the Thunder. And I was looking at the Kings thinking, hey, maybe maybe they don't have vacation legs, being that they're on a back-to-back. And they have a little bit of a break. So maybe those teams come out half decent. Those were teams I was looking at. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like we, like we talked about last night, uh, this card is just its a really not all that appealing. I agree with that. Looking at this card, there's probably one wager we're going to talk about in a minute in the Cavs-Hawks game that uh, I think is bettable. Uh, other than that, I got some leans, but I'm not really sure. I mean, you talk about the second half and those wary legs. I mean, the Cavs fell apart. The Thunder, they covered for you, but they were up 11 at half. They really made it more interesting, and they lost the game. More interesting than it should have been from a from a, a spread perspective. Uh, same thing with my Celtics. They, they let me down in the second half, and it just seemed uh, – you know, they weren't woken up. They weren't in game shape. So maybe some of these back-to-back teams are in a little bit better, uh, uh, you know, more mid-season form. You know what? I, I got to ask you this question because I felt like I was unprepared last night. So I liked the Thunder last night. That was a big pick that I gave out. And I got to be honest, like the, the Walker Kessler dude, Mac, I'm not super familiar with. I heard the name. I saw his name all over the place. But I haven't really caught a whole hell of a lot of minutes of that guy on the floor. That dude's pretty damn good. And I don't know if you watched that game. But the only reason why the Jazz ended up winning that game was because of that guy's elite defense. Seven blocks last night. He has multiple games this year with seven blocks or more. That dude's pretty damn good. He was not on my radar. Clearly, that was something that I missed You know, throughout the entire year. I'm not sure if you watched him play there, Mac, but that dude's a baller. It's a Shaquille O'Neal moment. I owe you an apology, Mr. Kessler. I was not familiar with your game. You're right. Not only has he had seven blocks more than once this season, he's had seven blocks more than once this month. Just incredibly efficient, uh, 71% shooting, and yeah, he gets two blocks a game in only 20 minutes. That's impressive. I wonder right now, in the league, if you if you surveyed the GMs with Truth Serum and all that, who is the better asset for your team right now, the 21-year-old Walker Kessler or the biggest draft haul in NBA history trade asset Rudy Gobert who they who was Walker Kessler was a throw-in in that deal uh so that is uh you know something to build on I talk about I'm not really sh- I don't really see the the building blocks Walker Kessler is yeah someone I was not familiar with his game enough because he's one of those guys yeah he looked he looked pretty damn good last night uh fortunately for me you know the Thunder ended up going ahead and taking care of business and, and getting the the win and, or not the win but they got the cover there for me so I was happy about that but, um, you know, that was yesterday. So we got to focus on today. A couple wagers we're considering, Mac. Let's go ahead. Let's jump into the Cavs and the Hawks game. Current line in this game right now, Hawks minus one. We have a total of 227.5. And, 
here's my thoughts. Trey Young takes over again tonight. I think he goes back to the beginning of the year where he was putting up a ton of shots, putting up a ton of points. And now that Nate McMillan's not there, I believe Trey Young wants to go ahead and take this team back over tonight. Now, I know it's a Cavs, a pretty good damn defensive team, but they are on a back-to-back. And like you said there, Mac, last night in the second half, they looked a little sluggish. How are they going to be in the second half of this game tonight? My guess, probably not all that great. Trying to chase you know, Trey Young around might be a little bit difficult, but this is Trey Young's team. We know that. I believe he wants everybody to know that. And the fact that like his shots in the second half of the season dropped off, that's not due to him not wanting to shoot the ball. I believe that's due to whatever conflict he had with McMillan. McMillan probably didn't want him shooting the ball 25 times a game. And look, I understand that. But you know, when you have a guy that can get red hot like, like Trey Young can, um, I, th- I think you want your offense to kind of go through him and, and, and start with him. So I kind of like the Trey Young over to 24 and a half points tonight there, Mac. I'm not sure if you're with me, against me, or neutral, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's a big bounce back spot. He's going to make a statement, come out and be like, this is my team. I'm an all-star. You know, it, it's time for me to show out. Agreed. And you made some excellent points. Looking at, uh, first of all, 24 and a half minus 120. If you just look at his season, he's gone over that number 32 out of 52 games, 62% of the time. So I'm laying minus 120. I got a 62% wager in most scenarios. And I know the Cavs are a good defense, but on the second night of a back-to-back, I think it's at least, you know, an average situation for Trey Young. So therefore, he should go over this number 62% of the time. That's without taking into consideration the number one point here. Nate McMillan is out the door. And if you look at October when he came in before they had that spute about the Nuggets game, 29 points per game. Then it was 27 in November. December, it was 26. And this month, it's only been 24. He's played zero games without Nate McMillan, though, this month. And now that's going to be different. So every single month, it's ticked down. You might say, oh, well, he's a smallish guy. Remember at Oklahoma, you know, he wore down later in the season. Maybe that's just something about his game. Opposite. Not true. He actually heats up every month. If you look at his career splits, every month he scores a little bit more in in February and March, and he ticks up. This year, it's been the opposite because Nate McMillan probably uh, you know, not only frowned upon that, but it was a it was a source of tension, uh, you know, every day in the locker room with the the type of game that Trey Young wanted to play versus what Nate McMillan thought was necessary to win. Uh, Nate McMillan, the Atlanta Hawks say, is not necessary to win. He's out the door. So now it is Trey Young's team. They actually um, elevated one of the assistant coaches, Joe Prunty, uh, who took over for Jason Kidd, uh, who had the second best record in the last five years of a guy that was fired midseason. Nate McMillan and Jason Kidd, both replaced by Joe Prunty. Why don't we know his name? Because he's not really um, a forceful personality. This is a uh, the interim of interim designations they're looking for. Quinn Snyder has been reported. Other guys, Kenny Atkinson, um, probably is going to come in and establish what they want to do. But in the interim, it's what Trey Young wants to do. It's his team. And 24 and a half is set probably too low, um, you know, in most scenarios. And if you believe that this downward trend is much more to do with coaching than something, you know, systematic with his game, I think this number should probably be 26 and a half. So agree with you. This is the one, my favorite bet of the, of the card for sure. All right. So we're not going to go ahead and give ourselves a, a, a score here because it would probably be in the high nines, but I guess, and we're going to go ahead and stamp that one there, Mac. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I like, I like this play. All right, cool. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to play Trey Young over the 24 and a half points. Uh, let's jump over to, what do you think about the heat in the bucks? No Giannis tonight there, the line bucks minus one and a half. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that this is a, a wager that – do you think that the people are going to flock to the Heat tonight being that Giannis isn't on the floor? 
I think so. I think that's probably the uh, number one factor that the average person is looking at this card. Like, oh, the Bucks are favored and they don't have Giannis. They probably shouldn't be favored. And we've already seen this number tick down from minus two and a half to minus one and a half. A couple things. So the Bucks are six and five without Giannis on the court. Uh, last year, they were decent. Unlike 2019, 2020, when he was winning MVP, they actually have a consistent threat when he's not on the court. They've learned Drew Holiday's taken the mantle of being that second player, in my opinion, over Chris Middleton. So they've been decent this year. And what they've been decent at most is defense, because they still have Brooke Lopez, who is uh, one of the favorites for Defensive Player of the Year. And they still have Drew Holiday, who I'll say again, Andre Iguodala says emphatically, the best defender of guards of his generation. He's like Deion Sanders, the only guy that can backpedal at a full sprint and swipe the ball. And that's what Miami, I think, struggles with, having someone bring the ball up and getting consistent offense from their guards, their bottom six offense on the season. And Jimmy Butler is in playoff Jimmy right now. So I think we have a little bit of disagreement about this. You were saying uh can only look at the Heat. I think you can only look at the Bucks here. But uh, let me make let, let you uh, make your case, please. Well, I could make a case for you, obviously, when, when Giannis is out, everybody steps up. But I do believe that he's a, a massive, a massive piece to this team, and this team's been red hot. And I think that he, you know, they're going to end up with their normal starting five. Outside. Well, Kyle Lowry won't be there, but they're going to get Tyro Hero back tonight. So I think it's probably a close game. I, I'm not going to wager on it, but I leaned, I leaned to the Heat for sure in that game. But I, I don't want to fade the Bucks right now. You know, the fact that they're running hot and the fact that you know that you go ahead and and, and you obviously like that side. So uh, I'll stay away from that one. How about the Hornets and the T-Wolves there, Mac? High total in that game tonight. Mike Conley's going to be on the floor. I was considering maybe going ahead and maybe making a play on his assists over. His points, rebounds, and assists, I think was like 20 and a half. But I think that there's a chance that he goes out there tonight and really just tries to distribute the basketball uh, to Edwards. I mean, Edwards' point total was sky high. It's 30 and a half. I'm, I'm actually thinking that that's the highest that I've ever seen for him uh, this entire year. You know, do you expect anything from Conley? What do you think his game plan might be tonight, to be a scorer or a distributor? I think it's going to be a lot slower game. I think he's going to be a distributor. Uh, kind of in last year's playoffs, uh, Haralaba Volgaris said, yep, that's it. He's cooked. I saw it. You went from viable player to over the hill. And This year he's been part of you know the resurgent jazz team, so maybe he's built a little bit of that credibility back. I'm surprised. This number seems a little bit light. And then I put it into my power ratings tool and it, and it comes out minus five and a half. So I'm surprised about that. I mean, against the Timberwolves, I'm still docking them three and a half points for not being with, without being without Carl Anthony Towns. That was so long ago that he's been out, outside of the lineup. They have, you know, a different mentality. And now with Mike Conley, a different, a different, uh, you know, out talent assets. You think, I mean, the big question is, does Mike Conley get the best out of Rudy Gobert? Do they become, you know, a pseudo version of that jazz team where Gobert was, you know, a threat on offense, on lobs, on offensive rebounds. Uh, does he become, you know, he's only averaging, what, 11 points per game this year? Uh, you think that works? You think that helps uh, fix that problem? Well, I think it helps any type of um, cohesion that, that Gobert was having with D'Angelo Russell. I mean, it's, it's certainly going to make both of those guys comfortable. So um, I, I think it'll work a whole hell of a lot smoother now. I mean, obviously they made that that move for a reason, like, are you going to make a move like that if you don't think it's going to work, or at least if you don't have proof that that it's going to work? So, I think it'll work um, personally. Um, that's that's just my two cents on that. I, I think it'll work out a lot better than than what it was, uh, for sure. 
Yeah, you lose some talent probably in the Russell to Conley switch, but I think uh, cohesion-wise, if I was going to play this game, my favorite play would be Timberwolves minus three and a half in the first half. Hornets, one of the worst second first half teams. Timberwolves, one of the best. And number seems kind of light, but not light enough to play. So therefore, first and a half, three and a half would be would be the way I'm looking at it. I think one of the biggest things maybe with Conley that you don't have to deal with that you had to deal with with Russell was the fact of just turning the ball over and taking some really bad shots. Like Conley's not going to go out there and take bad shots. He's not going to look to go ahead and, and force any. Like that's one thing. I And last night I saw the same thing from Russell last night. And this is it really never changed with him. Trying to make like these, you know, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird type passes where, yeah, it's going to make ESPN highlights, but there's the time and a place for that. And it seems like, you know, he thinks it's, you know, all game long and he's just turning the ball over where it, it really doesn't need to be. So um, I do, I think Conley helps him in that regard as well, too. What do you think about this uh, Anthony Edwards prop? It said it over under, man, am I reading this right? Over under 30 and a half. Because as you were talking through it, I'm like, they're going to lose a lot of shots because Mike Conley's not going to replace those difficult shots. He's going to keep moving the ball around. Uh, he's going to not turn the ball over. So there's going to be more shots to go around everybody else. So maybe Anthony Edwards gets a bump, but 30 and a half. He's only averaging 25 this month. Uh, I know the Hornets don't play any defense, don't play any defense on guards, but wow, 30 and a half. Uh, you, know, the, you know, the books are, are smarter than the average bear. They, they bumped this number up and uh, probably too much, but it makes sense why they did. I lean to the under in that one. It's too high, right? It's too high. It is. And I was looking at his points, rebounds, and assists, wondering, you know, how how is his game going to change? Because let's say we're, we're wrong with the points, right? Well, we know that he's been used, you know, he can assist a basketball, he can rebound. But if he's going to be asked to be a scorer, then maybe his assists go down, maybe his rebounds go down. And I was looking at attacking it that way. Either way, I think you can attack this. Maybe you could attack it in two different ways, and I think maybe at worst you probably split. Maybe you play his points under, and then maybe you play his assists and rebounds under. And look, maybe there's a chance you go 2-0, but I, I don't see how you can go 0-2 uh, kind of doing that because I think this team's, you know, it's going to change at least, you know, the way that they're playing X's and O's wise. So uh, I did look at that too. I looked at the Thunder and the Suns, Mac, and I'm not sure what you think about this. Now, the Thunder played last night, but here's my thinking is that I kind of like this game under, and the Suns now have KD on this team. Tell me what you think about this and maybe what the um, you know w- what the reaction might be if Chris Paul goes out there and he tries to use Akoji as his KD tonight. Like, let's, let's kind of get a game plan developed where now KD's on the floor. Let me make believe that this guy's KD. And I wonder if, if maybe like a Koji and, and, and Tori get extra touches tonight, but that it just doesn't flow. You don't have that elite scorer out there in KD. And I wonder if Chris Paul kind of, if Chris Paul and the Suns are kind of trying to develop a game plan for when KD finally steps on the floor. So I don't know if you could pull anything out of that. The only thing I can consider here is probably the under, because I think if that is the game plan in which that they do try to run tonight, and I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll, they'll try to run some of those, you know, plays. But the under is probably the way that I would go because obviously, you know, Koji and Tori are not elite scorers like KD. It's a good point, and they really Chris Paul has to be the negotiator because they're not a Devin Booker led team, you know, starting tomorrow or whenever KD sets up. Uh, so they've been moving in one direction, and now they're gonna kind of do a 180, and Chris Paul's the the conduit for that. So 
that probably does mean more half court. That probably does mean, um, you know, le- less giving it to Booker and letting him uh, run and do his own thing. Uh, so the totals dropped a little bit and uh, 232 and a half. So maybe under, uh, you know, some smart money's coming in on the under. And maybe Booker under makes sense uh, if they're trying to develop a new kind of way of playing that uh, is going to be very relevant, you know, starting once Kevin Durant gets back. And I don't think you want to have KD come on the floor and look bad the first day. Like, I, there's a chance you could look bad. I don't think they'll look terrible. But at least you want to have at least some of the kinks ironed out, you know, whether it be in practice or if you can get a couple of reps in a game. And I think that this is probably the game that they might actually try to do that. Uh, the next game here, Rockets-Warriors. I don't have any real pick in that game as far as side and total. But I do like Kenya Martin Jr. Uh, to go over his points there, Mac, of 15 and a half. Uh, Green will not be on the floor tonight, and if you look at Martin's numbers across the board, uh, rebounds are up, minutes are up, assists, points, everything. Everything across the board for Kenya Martin's up, and the Rockets are going to go ahead. They're going to start. They're going to put Christopher out there, and they're going to put Washington out there, guys that normally don't start. So I'm not sure if they're going to be more distributors. I don't think they're going to be more scorers tonight, but Kenya Martin's been on the floor for this team pretty much all season long. I think he's probably the leader on the floor tonight. If it's not him, it's going to be the center and send gun which I wouldn't mind actually considering playing his points over uh, as well. But I'm looking at maybe some Kenya Martin props there for tonight. I think he has a pretty big game. I know this is at 10.5, and and this game says blowout. But what I saw from the Warriors last night doesn't tell me anything uh, about a blowout. And if the Rockets are going to step up and play one game all year long, their Super Bowl, it's going to be a game in which their star is out and guys are looking to step up. And it's going to be against the champs on the road. So... I, I don't want to say I lean to the Rockets because, like we talked about the other day, it's tough to bet these tanking teams, and, and you kind of don't want to. But I would rather isolate the player in Kenya Martin Jr. Uh, more than anything in this game. Uh, Alperen Sengun, 18 and a half. It's a high number. So this month he's gone over that number one time. But um, they don't have Jalen Green. When you, when you first said that, I'm like, oh, Draymond Green's out? No. Draymond, Draymond Green's in. I'm not sure how much that moves the needle defensively this season, but Jalen Green out, so that so that reapportions where the shots are going to come from. But this is very similar to the Edwards situation. Okay, I just explained why Sangoon should score more than he usually does. Same thing with Kevin Kenny Martin Jr. But man, they set it up at 18 and a half. Um, I might go under that number because I mean that's just a big number. He's done it once, you know, in the last 10 games. And I don't have any problem with that either. I mean, the, the logic is there. I think the the one reason why I was thinking over the Warriors' defense, it's just been absolutely pathetic, and you know this is a, this is a pretty high total. So, uh, like we said, we're not um, we're not super strong on on many of these games today or many of these plays, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing here today. So let's jump over to uh, one of the final two games here, and it's the Nets and the Bulls. Bulls going to be minus two total, two twenty two and a half. I kind of live lean Levine under. I kind of lean to the Nets. I don't know, man. I think the Nets are the Nets are sneaky. I think their defense is going to show up here tonight. This total came crashing down. I wish I got it at two twenty six because the under made a ton of sense. I would lean to the Nets. I would lean the Levine under, and that's probably all I could really do for that game. It'd be a bunch of leans, and more than likely, I, I won't even have a wager on that one, Mac. I kind of lean the other way, just slightly. I feel like the Bulls have one, you know. Maybe because I'm holding a, a ticket on their under, I'm worried about it. But I think they have one more uh, shot in the cannon to try to get make this a relevant season, try to get back into the playoff situation. But the Nets do have a lot of guys to throw at Levine, probably most in the league. 
Um, so it makes sense that they would take him and DeRozan, uh, limit their potential. So this is really an opportunity for Patrick Beverly. If he matters still in the league, can he be that connector or is the Nets wing defense just going to be too much for the, for the Bulls in this one? Uh, it's probably a wait, wait and watch game for me, but I have a slight lean to the Bulls. All right, final game here is Kings and Clippers. Clippers are going to be minus six and a half, total 238 and a half. So kind of a high total on this one, Mac. I guess we have an opportunity to see Westbrook, and I wonder what that does to you know, the rest of the team. Do they try to make some, some weird changes tonight? Uh, do they try to just say, you know, we got to get this guy on the floor. We got to see what he can do and see it now. now I kind of like the Kings tonight at, at, with the six and a half points last night. Um, they started out disappointing, but they finished pretty strong. And if, you know, if we're talking about vacation legs, you know, the Kings, I mean, they, they look like they were, they were perfectly fine in the second half, um, from what I saw. So I'd probably go ahead and, and play the Kings tonight. I don't know what to make of Westbrook, you know, finally getting end, end up on the floor. So, uh, it would be stay away from, from me, for the Clippers for sure. Like there's no way I can get to them. Yeah. I think they're going to be experimenting a little bit. Uh, no, props up for Westbrook I wouldn't be surprised if he played 10 minutes or if he played 35 minutes an interesting matchup I want to see is if Westbrook's in the second unit and Kings Davion Mitchell uh aka off night because you know gets guys off their off their game I want to see that matchup because can Westbrook I mean can Russ be Russ within the confines of being a sixth man within the confines of not being the most important player on the court uh Davion Mitchell might challenge that so that's something I'll be looking out for uh, but I agree with you. It's it's Kings or pass probably. All right. So we pretty much went through all the games there. Mac talked about all the wagers that, that we were considering. Um, I guess, you know, our apologies that we don't have anything super strong today. But, Mac, I'm going to say. Well, Trey Young we like. Yeah, I, I'll say our, our best bet's probably Trey Young. That's probably the one we're going to stamp for today. Over 24 and a half. Uh, this is the moment where he shows why they made the right choice. Or at least he attempts to. All right, and if you guys are looking for any of those alt prices, I, I saw like a, a 30, 40-point uh, night at like plus 440 and stuff like that. Like I think that this this is certainly one of the nights that you want to go ahead and, and ever consider doing something like that. Like there has to be some motivational angle, you know, in order to go ahead and, and go well over the points prop. So, um, you know, that's on the table too for that one. But that'll wrap it up, guys. Uh, Mackenzie and I will go ahead. We'll discuss tonight. Uh, for a drop the podcast dream podcast for you guys on Saturday. We'll look through the Saturday card, but uh, just one of those days. So hopefully you guys did okay yesterday. Hopefully you guys do okay today. Hopefully you guys enjoy your weekend. That'll wrap it up. You know where to find Mackenzie and I on Twitter at sleepy underscore pregame at Mac and Rivers. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to the podcast. Check us out over at pregame.com if you guys are looking to save a little bit of money. Enter code Mac20 or Sleepy20. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for Friday. Enjoy the games.